Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today I'm joined by my handsome husband, Dewey. Hi, Dewey. Hi, my beautiful love, and hello to all the cat fans out there in the big cat world. So, today you wanted to talk about fostering aggressive, extremely shy, or emotional shutdown cats. Wow, that seems like a topic with narrow audience. Why did you pick it? Well, like all episodes, I when I hear something a couple times a week, I think it deserves an episode. So we're building a library of resources, you know, for everyone, including rescue groups and fosters. So I thought this would be a, a really good episode that they could share with their fosters and might even help encourage some people to, to help out and think about fostering one of these cats. Interesting. So tell me how this comes about. How does someone come to foster one of these types of cats? Well, these cats, you know, I, I work with behavior cats in particular in the shelter, and sometimes these cats do much better in a home setting versus the shelter, and it's really important for us to see how they're going to respond in that foster environment before we determine a final outcome. So some of these cats, you know, just don't respond well at all, and they might really be better as working cats, like, you know, in a traditional barn cat setting or maybe in someone's warehouse or, you know, shop or, you know, brewery or winery or things like that. Um, sometimes, you know, people foster to adopt, you know, which, which is good. We certainly like to see them do that. We've had a couple this week where people fostered aggressive cats and then said, you know, this just gonna, this will be the place where they can hang out and we don't have to interact and the cat can just, you know, live under the bed if it wants to. And as long as it's eating and is healthy, it's okay. You know, and, and then sometimes they come back to the shelter after unwinding from that initial stress that they feel, you know, from the moment that a cat leaves home to go to the shelter and, you know, gets put in a carrier, that's stressful. Gets put in a car, that's stressful. Goes for a ride, very stressful. Gets to the shelter, lots of dogs, weird people, very stressful. Gets moved from that kennel it was brought in, the carrier that it was brought in, into a hide box, which probably smells like other cats, very stressful. Gets taken to a vet office where they usually will maybe net it if it's not reacting well and draw blood and do, I mean, just stress after stress after stress. And that's called trigger stacking. And trigger stacking is very common in a shelter. Oh, wow. So what kind of person knowingly really takes an, an aggressive cat home? Well, the ones with very thick skin and huge hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I mean, you know, these cats are the ones that are most at risk in a shelter. And, you know, what what these fosters do is just heroic to help them find their forever home. And a lot of fosters end up keeping these cats, like I said, and just letting them live with them and letting them be who they want to be. It's awesome. 
Yeah, it is awesome. Are you saying sometimes these cats never change and are fearful or aggressive their whole lives? Well, some, but we hope that they learn to trust people and can interact in ways that us humans prefer, you know, like allowing us to pet them and hold them and things like that. And, you know, that's why we're doing the show, to hopefully give resources to fosters that might help them get there faster. Okay, so so let's talk about that. So what kinds of things can the fosters do to help one of these types of cats? Well, first, the foster needs to start by understanding what's going on in the cat's mind. You know, we don't know the cat's history. Um, cat could have been abused, neglected. It could just be simply under-socialized or feral even. You know, it could have been an outside cat that you know never lived indoors and never really interacted with people's day-to-day lives and then was surrendered as an owner surrender. I mean we don't we don't really know what the history was so much, but you know what we do know is that all cats are territorial. So the ordeal that they go through coming into the shelter is very stressful. They're ripped from their secure territory whether that's inside someone's home or outside in, you know, yards in a neighborhood that they know. Um, into a loud, painful, unfamiliar surroundings. And then they're plopped down in the middle of a bunch of potential territory invaders, the other cats. <laughs> wow. that That's a lot to think about. And I could, I'm stressed just thinking through that. <laughs> so when you, when you put it it's like, like being that, abducted that, by aliens. Honey. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so when you put it like that, it's a wonder that all cats aren't acting out this way. I imagine the things you do for an aggressive cat would be slightly different than a shy cat, for sure. So can you give us some tips on the things you might do to help all these foster kitties? Yeah, some things that would help all cats that you're fostering, whether whether they're these cats or other cats, is, you know, first of all, the synthetic pheromones, feel away. Be sure that you're using uh, multi-cats. So feel away for those of you listeners who, who don't know. It's a synthetic pheromone that comes from a cat that helps them calm down. And it's in a plug-in diffuser. You put it in a plug outlet in the wall and it diffuses this pheromone into the air and helps cats calm down. They make two kinds. They have feel away classic and they have feel away multi-cat. So be sure you're using multi-cat. That has uh, a little bit more effective um, I think pheromones than the classic. And then there's Zilkeen and Zilkeen is an over-the-counter stress reliever. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not prescription. It's not gabapentin and it's not Prozac, but it does help cats to calm down and you can use it for long periods of time. Although I recommend that you do it if there's a, a short, real stressful event, like, you know, July 4th fireworks or going to the vet or bringing in a new cat, or moving a cat, or bringing in a foster cat. Just go ahead and start it on Zilkeen for a little bit so that it helps it deal with the stress. Um, Really tall cat trees, those are important. And I always tell people, make sure that your really tall cat trees are home base for a cat. You don't touch the cat when it's on that cat tree. That cat needs to know that it has a place of its own that's safe and secure, where no one's going to interact with it, and that's its recluse spot. So I like to call that home base. So establish a home base for this cat's coming in. Make sure there's plenty of resources, you know, plenty of litter boxes, 
food bowls that are far apart so they don't think that they're competing for food sources. Um, and of course you want to isolate your foster cat until it's, until it's settled in and then be sure to establish routine as, as soon as possible because cats really, really rely on routine. And, and when their routine is, is upset, which any new cat changing environments, its routine is going to be upset. It sets them on edge and, and they can lash out aggressively or they can shut down emotionally. So be sure that you get them into a routine right away. And then manage your own expectations. You know, you're not going to change a cat's nature. It might always be skittish and shy, you know, especially with strangers. And semi-feral or seriously under-socialized adolescent and adult cats, they, they just, they take longer. <laughs> yeah, so let's start with aggressive cats. We fostered an aggressive cat, and it didn't seem like much of us helping his behavior while he was here. So do you have some suggestions for fosters? I mean, what would you suggest? Well, that particular foster cat was, uh, he escaped our foster room. So we, you know, we live in a little unconventional situation here. We live in the back of a warehouse. Um, our offices are in the front and there are no rooms with ceilings on them. So, you know, they're, they're offices and, and our foster room is, is, got like eight foot balls, but it doesn't have a ceiling on it. So he would jump up on this tall, tall dresser in there and get right up under the wall, you know, the ceiling and no problem and just move freely about the space. And it's a large space. So that was not helping at all. If you have an aggressive foster, you absolutely need to isolate it in a room, maybe even a small, um, you know, like a dog crate, something small, because you can't control the interaction unless you do. I mean, you also need to make sure it's a room that you're going to spend some time in, but not all your time because the cat, that would be too overwhelming. A bathroom is too small. So like a den or a home office or maybe a game room, those are all good options. A spare bedroom is good if you're going to go in there and watch TV and that kind of thing. But you know, not in your master bedroom if you're worried about aggressive behavior while you're sleeping. You know, and, and like I said, another option is a very large, you know, dog crate, but you want to be careful with that because you can easily flood the cat with too much sensory overload. So it's better if you have a smallish room that you can settle these cats in with no flooding. <laughs> so I remember thinking through that whole process, that cat up on the wall, looking down at us while we were trying to sleep. Man, was that kind of scary because you didn't know if he was going to pounce <laughs> down and, you know, the whole bitey thing. It was. I so, could hear that music. Eat, 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 yeah, eat. it was terrible <laughs> to sleep. So once you have them inside your room. Um, not your room. <laughs> not my room. Yeah, so You don't want them in your room. Yeah, so that's it. So then what? Well, once you get them settled into a foster room and a place where they can be, um, you want to keep them calm in that space. Again, use the pheromone, feel away plugins, use the Zilkeen, that'll help. You also play music to them, uh, classical music, or better yet, you can get what's called iCalm Cat. They scientifically modulate the frequencies of music to remove any stress-causing sounds. So iCalm Cat's the best thing you could do. You can also put on 
YouTube. They have cat TV that, that helps keep them entertained and occupied. Um, and you can make sure that you put in the room things that smell like you. So like a sleep shirt or maybe a pillowcase or something that has your scent on it. And then be sure to leave out toys and catnip, of course. And when you enter the room, announce yourself by talking in your cat voice. So you might say, let's say the foster's name's Rocky. So you go in and you go, hi, Rocky. Hi, hi, handsome. You sure are a handsome boy. We're glad you're here with us. And you just talk to him, stand still and give the cat a minute to register that you're in the room. It's rare that you're going to have a confident aggressor. You're probably not going to have a cat that, you know, you walk into the room and it comes out from under the couch and attacks you like alien, you know, on your face. You're, you're not going to, that's very rare. That's not going to happen. So, you know, typically the cats are just hiding. Even the aggressive cats are hiding under a table or a bed or something like that. And then, you know, the also typically the aggressive behavior displays when we're trying to change the cat faster than it's comfortable with. We're trying to rush that process. So we need to be committed to progressing at the cat's pace and taking the time needed for that cat to develop trust of us. So, you know, like imagine you're in a string of abusive relationships. You'd be really defensive and slow to change your mind with new people. And it's much the same way with cats. So what if the cat's pace is stuck in aggression and never wanting to interact with people? Is that something they do? Well, ultimately, you know, we want to use positive reinforcement to modify a cat's behavior. But for cats that are super stressed out, we need to break through that ice with what's called negative reinforcement. So how's that done? It sounds negative. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's not as negative as it sounds. <laughs> negative reinforcement is actually part of operant conditioning training. And it, what it means is it's a behavior that is strengthened by stopping or removing or avoiding a negative outcome or averse stimulus. So in this case, we are perceived as the negative outcome. So when in the shelter, we might have a cat that is reactive, hissing, growling, that kind of thing. So we will present ourselves at the kennel door up to the point that the cat starts hissing and recoiling. And you observe their body language very carefully. Their eyes are usually dilated. They're hissing. And they're trying to inch back and become one with the back wall. And then we wait. We hold very still and quiet right at that point where we see them reacting. And then once we see them relax slightly, we leave. So we're watching for, are the dilated eyes coming down? Are their shoulders softening a little bit? Are they starting to slow blink? Are they moving their heads instead of being frozen? Once we see them relaxing, we take steps back. So therefore, we're actually rewarding the cat for the relaxation by removing the scary stimulus, which is us. <laughs> I can see how that might work in a kennel environment. <laughs> but really, how does someone translate it into a home setting? 
Well, first you got to stock up on shaved turkey. Ah, <laughs> oh, shaved turkey. That's the answer. Turkey. Yeah, go get turkey. You're All gonna... that boils down to shaved turkey. Right. You got to get lots of turkey. You're going to be, or baby food, but shaved turkey usually works, you know, pretty universally. And if it doesn't, then you can always eat it. <laughs> but you're going to be using that as what we call the reinforcer. So you're going to want to, you're going to want to do your work. You want to go schedule your sessions with your foster cat, your shutdown or aggressive foster cat when the cat is hungry. So you should be on a feeding schedule, not a free feed. You need to be feeding multiple times a day. And not only is this better for the cat, but it associates you with something that the cat likes, which of course is food. So when it sees you coming with food, then it goes, ah, oh, she's the one that brings that food. Maybe she's not so bad after all. So you want to plan to do this before one of the cat's regular meals. And you want to smell like yourself consistently. That's very important too. This is not the time for wearing different perfumes every day, you know, hand lotion, things like that. Make sure that everything is consistent in the way that you smell every time you go into work with the cat. So you want to start by moving very slowly when you're in the room with the cat. You want to avoid eye contact by turning to the side so you don't approach the cat square-shouldered. You're going to turn to the side so that you look smaller and you want to avoid eye contact. So you want to kind of look out of the side of your eyes and slow blink, but you got to be looking at them enough to be able to see their body language. And you want to try to stay low, which is usually easy because the cat is under a bed or under a futon or under a desk or in the back of a closet. So once you're at eye level with the cat, you know, if you're walking or standing, that's really scary. So, so stay eye level with the cat. And, you know, sometimes you, you don't want to even work. You just might want to hang out with the cat, read to it, maybe write, do some writing if you need to, bring your laptop in there, do that. But as far as the work goes, there are four steps. So basically, it starts out with the cat is hiding under the bed, the back of the closet, wherever. You present yourself, turn to the side with your eyes averted, and the cat hisses or backs away. You hold still. You do nothing. You wait till the cat stops hissing and backing up. You mark the behavior with an auditory clue. Now, in this, when I say mark the behavior, I don't mean clickers. We don't use clickers because it's too loud for these cats. So you want to say their name or good boy in a cat voice. Then you leave the room and you repeat that several times a day. Wow, that sounds like a lot. I mean, I, I almost visioned myself in the woods hunting or trying to back away from some large creature or something. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. You know, stay low, say their name softly, and, you know, anyway. And then, now you know what to do when we run into a bear in the woods. Yeah, or a cougar, hey, you Mr. know. Kitty, 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 no. <laughs> Keep eye contact, low. Good kitty, good kitty. Back out of the room. <laughs> right, right, like that. Hmm? So how do you know when it's time to move to step two? And so you know it's time to move to step two when the cat stops hissing at your face. You know, when it shows physical signs of, of relaxing. So, you know, you, you present it to it and it hissed, hissed, hissed back away. And then you do that many times. And then the day that you present to it in the same spot and it doesn't hiss at you, 
then you know it's time to go to step two. We had a, a cat in the shelter that um, was, oh my God, she was like, you'd walk in the shelter and she would just meow and scream and charge the door. And so we'd walk in, we'd stay about four feet away from the kennel because it was, she'd trigger that far away. And I'd just stand there and wait for her to stop the growling. And then she'd be like, and I'd wait for that to stop. Pretty good at that one. (laughs) She'd sit down and she'd lick her lips and she'd be like, you could tell she was, oh, the head would come down and she'd start breathing shallower. And then I'd back out of the room. And pretty soon it got to where, you know, we could be at the kennel door and she wouldn't react and we get closer and closer and that kind of thing. So, you know, at the end, they might even appear, you know, interested or curious, you know, or even relaxed alertness is, is what I like to call it. Kind of a relaxed alertness when your face appears. So they'll stop reacting to it. And when you see these things, then you slowly advance the hand with the turkey but stop when the cat hisses or pulls back. So you're going you're gonna to put your hand with the turkey towards it. And if it starts hissing, because now you're reaching at it or pulling back from you, then you stop and you wait for the cat to show physical signs of slight relaxation. And you say, good boy or good girl. And then you drop the turkey and you leave the rim. And you repeat that several times a day, always right before feeding. And then you gradually increase how close your hand can get before it triggers the cat to those hissing and stressful things. <laughs> so, and I bet it's time to move to step three when the cat stops hissing at you, right? At the hand. Yeah. When the cat stops hissing at the hand, when, when your extended hand with the treat, you know, um, you got to extend your hand half the distance And then when you see calm, you say, good boy, and you leave the treat. But instead of leaving the room, you go sit on the other side of the room and you wait for that cat to eat the treat. And then you repeat, cat eats their treat. You go back over, you extend the hand half the distance between you and the cat. You say, good boy, drop the treat, go sit on the other side of the room. And then you want to gradually leave that tree closer and closer to you or to the edge of wherever it's hiding. So in other words, you know, if the cat is under a futon, you're going to, you're going to leave it closer and closer and closer because you've gone half the distance. So your arm is like halfway under the couch. And now you're going to start leaving it a little bit farther out a little bit. So it means that, you know, the cat has to come out a little bit to get it. So, you know, when we talk about hand versus, you know, you, I think, I think that's sort of where I was relating that to is, I mean, you were attached to the hand and the hand is attached to you. And really this is a way to help the, you interact with an aggressive cat, whether it's you or, so is the hand significant or is it you being significant or what's the difference in, in that? Well, it's all significant because, you know, you, again, you are attached to the treat and you're the big scary thing. So first, you know, big scary thing comes face presents and then, you know, you make sure the cat's calm enough with that. Then you start extending a hand up until that point. You're not extending anything to the cat. You're just letting that cat be, you know, in its space in in wherever it's comfortable hiding. It's okay. You're not, you're not reaching for it. You're not trying to pet it. 
you dang sure aren't dragging it out from under a bed or a couch or something. You're, you're just letting it be. You know, I've heard you talk about that in the past and the, the hand is really the first contact, I suppose, that you have with any cat and whether that's, you know, whether you're trying to extend it, your, your, your turkey to it, or, um, you're reaching out to just pet it. I can, I can see where the hand is the most vulnerable thing in your body as you're reaching for an aggressive cat yeah, to do one yeah. or the other. And really yeah. it's you trying to interact with them, but the hand is, is how you do that. Right. Okay. I think I get it. So what is step four? So step four is you extend your hand with the tree and you wait until the cat makes the slightest move forward, even if it's just a sniff it. And yeah, cats will like raise their head just a tiny bit and you can see their little nose goes little bunny nose and it sniff, sniff, sniff. So even if it's just a tiny movement forward and you say, good boy, and you leave the treat, slowly withdraw your hand and wait for the cat to eat, preferably while you watch. And if not, then why you sit across the room if they're not ready to eat in front of you yet. And then, you you know, eventually, as you keep leaving that treat a little closer out and a little closer out, that cat's going to come out from the hiding pace to eat the, the treat. And you need to pretend that you don't notice that. Don't start talking to it. Just completely ignore that. And then, <laughs> and then you gradually ask that cat for an approach closer and closer to you you know, so that you're moving the treat closer and closer. And then eventually you're going to extend a finger, not a full hand ever, just a finger. And then once you have contact, like smelling your finger, they'll lean forward, sniff your finger, let the cat make the contact, you know, let, let it walk into your hand rather than you then reaching out and touching it. Cause that'd be my, maybe more than it's, than it's used to, but you know, then Approach the underneath of the cat's chin or side of the face, never over the head. That can be very intimidating to them. And at this point, you want to shift to positive reinforcement. So at this point, you know, find something else that the cat likes, like maybe a wand toy with feathers or something like that. You know, for some cats, swatting at a toy is more tempting than coming out for a treat. <laughs> I got to pause there for a minute and just say something to the lit listeners. If you're anything like me, you're going to have to put this podcast and then rewind it and do step one, step two, and then rewind it and do step three and then rewind it and say, what did she say to do then? And then rewind it. So feel, please feel free to take this moment and do just that. Or you can email me and Molly at cattalkradio.com and I'll just email you a, a printout of, of this protocol so you'll know what to do. So, yeah, or you can do like he said and just keep listening to it or write it all down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this sounds like you're letting the cat control the progression of this transaction or transition. You're not forcing love on them, are you? No, no. So the more you let the cat control the interaction, the more the cat will choose to interact. It's that simple. And that's in general, all cats across the board, but especially these shutdown ones. Choice is such an integral part of behavior enrichment for all species, but also, cats are latent learners. You know, their behavior changes can seem very sudden. You know, the cat just is taking everything in, and then it appears to suddenly react or change. Oh, man. I go back to that last comment. This sounds like a lot of work, for goodness sakes. <laughs> it is. Be, 
I'd be beside myself having her to rewind, rewind. What'd you say to do again? Okay, I got to back out. Okay, hold on. I got to say something softly. Okay, I can't look at it. It's looking at me. I can't look at it. Um. <laughs> it is a lot of work, but you get used to it. If you're around cats, you know to watch body language, and it's not as much as it seems. But it it does sound overwhelming. I know. I'm sorry, but it works. It absolutely works, and it and it works much quicker than you think. Usually, we're in way too much of a rush to try to get cats to come around quickly, you know, because, oh, I got to get this cat to Petco. I got to get it in the kennel in Petco. I want this cat changed in a week. You know, sometimes it doesn't take a week. Sometimes it's a lot longer than that. So, you know, hopefully this podcast will be a resource uh, for you fosters and and please don't feel overwhelmed. It is a lot easier than it sounds and, and try it and, and see what happens. And, you know, and there's more, I have more resources other than just uh, this podcast. Go find us on Facebook at Cat Behavior Solutions on Facebook and Instagram too. Follow us on Instagram. I post a lot of stuff out there, um, especially like if I'm working with shelter cats and things like that, I'll, I'll post things there. And then um, other resources that, uh, that we provide are, of course, our behavior boutique on the site, catbehaviorsolutions.org, where you can find um, products and things that will help your cat. And while you're on the site, check out my blog. There are several blogs about things like this. And if you just absolutely run into a total brick wall, I am totally available for virtual or in-home consultations. And occasionally I'll hold seminars at shelters. I haven't been doing that lately. I haven't had time, but um, I, I like to hold educational seminars and, uh, and speaking engagements in shelters. So if you have a group you know, like if you're a rescue group and you have a bunch of fosters that are interested in these kind, fostering these kinds of cats and you want to get everybody together, I'm happy to come out and, and help with that, too. Yes, and you are amazing with that. And I wanted to throw one more thing in there. I keep thinking about this aggressive cat and the whole hand thing. And I was thinking about one of those big dummy hands and putting turkey in the big dummy hand and put it out there just in case the aggressive cat wax at you <laughs> maybe you we know, can put it, that in a boutique <laughs> in the shelter they uh, they would test cats reactions to hands and uh, and they got one of these halloween hands that's kind of flesh colored but yeah, it's covered yeah, yeah, in that's blood it. yeah yeah and they duct taped it to the end of a broom pole <laughs> they would shove it in the kennel towards the cat to see if the cat would attack it yeah not not smart no <laughs> <laughs> I, I could just see that for a minute, you know, walk if I was, you know, me, a novice, just walking in and I see somebody doing that. I would think there's a tiger or something in that cage. <laughs> the other side, and I walk around and see a little kitty. <laughs> anyway, my mind's creative like that. So I'd like to say something to all those out there who are listening. If you have learned something from one of these broadcasts, Consider sending a gratuity donation. Any amount helps us to keep this show on the air and deliver resources to cat owners to help keep the cats out of the shelters. That's the primary goal here. Keep cats out yes. of shelters because it's not good when they get there. You'll see no. somebody with a fake hand pushing something over in the corner <laughs> thinking it's a tiger and it's a kitty. Not good. <laughs> no, we want to keep these cats out of shelters because shelter euthanasia is still the number one cause of death in cats. And so this is serious stuff. We want to make sure these cats are set up to be social and interactive and bring joy to families and, and people so that people want to want to keep them 
as family members until their natural deaths and not surrender them to shelter. So we will stay on the air until that day is a reality. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.